Welcome to another edition of the First Orange Broncos podcast. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, joined by Ryan O'Halloran. We're the Broncos beat coverage team for the Denver Post here in Dove Valley. For week two of training camp, Ryan, I believe today is practice number seven. If I am correct, we are sitting here on a Thursday morning, uh, taking a lot of different storylines in, thinking about different ways to address the pod. But first, let's get into news. Before we talk anything, Ryan, injuries. We're several early on in camp that could have an effect kind of on how this roster might develop over the next couple weeks. Uh, just could give us a breakdown of what you've seen so far. Well, first of all, it feels like camp has lasted for three months already. <laughs> Very but, true. Um, let's start with Todd Davis. He didn't make it through the first practice, starting inside linebacker. Broncos haven't put a timetable on it. We've been told three to four weeks. Okay, he's a weekend. River Craycraft, who could have gotten in the mix for a fifth or sixth receiver spot, definitely a punt return. He hasn't practiced in a week because of an oblique. Then let's go with Jake Butt. That's got to be a concern now. If he's not out there in next hour, that would be four straight missed practices for him. It's gone from an off day to, as Vic Fangio called it Monday night, a pothole in his recovery. To me, this brings the question, should he have been out there at all? Should right, he have started right. on PUP, taken some time? Good news on the injury front, Emmanuel Sanders elevated to 7-on-7 seven seven Monday afternoon. I'm sure he'll increase his work rate in that section of practice before he does 11-on-11. 11 11. But – feels like they took the right tact with Sanders, whereas maybe with Butt they should have been the same kind of patient. Yeah, and just to add in there, Phil Lindsay obviously off-season wrist surgery, but from the get-go, full participant, catching passes, seems like he, he is ready to go as well. So those will be some things we'll follow as training camp moves along. But Ryan, let's use this time right now to just kind of absorb a few position battles, we'll call them. Areas of the roster where guys should be moving up and down throughout the course of this time. We'll, we'll see what it kind of works out to in week one at Oakland um, but a few guys I'd like to talk about and first let's talk quarterbacks because why not this is Denver and then quarterbacks are, are always the hot conversation we've seen Drew Locke really in his, his first opportunity in a Broncos uniform running this offense and team periods hasn't been all that impressive you know Vic Fangio coming out and telling us that he's not an NFL ready passer is that the same that you've seen I mean I know that there's not a whole lot of tape out there or at least a lot of uh, things that we've seen through practice with a limited amount of work but maybe not the the strongest of starts well I think I think you put Drew in the, with the entire offense where you go eh so far um, I did you know I like the layers Vic added to that lock analysis he used the baseball example saying fastball pitcher got to work on his location what he what Locke does know how to do well is try to you know improvise he can change his arm angle a little bit he can still get rid of the football um he's still working mostly with the threes he'll get a couple series per practice with the second team offensive line he's working with all the receiver receivers except for the Suttons and probably that'd be it probably that'd be it I think he, Locke should be the number two I think he should start the Hall of Fame game next week he needs playing time I would play him with the number two offensive line where you probably feel a little bit better about that group than your third team or else they'd be opposite. So Kevin Hogan has rebounded from a, a really tough start. Right. He's cut down on his interception. So, But this offense as a whole, I'll throw Joe Flacco into it. Well, it's leave a lot to be desired, but also not time to panic. They're going against a pretty good defense. Yeah, with Locke, I, you mentioned it, but just sort of the arm angles, the ability to run out of that pocket. His improvis improvisation is pretty fun, and I mm -hmm. think as we move forward, that's ultimately, I think, is going to maybe push him up the roster. Because Kevin Hogan, 
maybe more of a Joe Flacco type, stand in the pocket, make the deep throw downfield. Obviously, less arm power, less accuracy, as you mentioned, a lot of those struggles up and down. But for you, is is Locke kind of give this offense a whole new feel, at least potentially, just from what you've seen in, in the first week of camp or something? Well, I think in midseason 2020. Yeah, okay, uh, right. Projecting way down the road. Yeah, you know, the decision they have to make in the games are going to be the litmus test for this. Do they trust Drew Locke to be one snap away from carrying out the game plan Rich Gangarello wants to put in? That's a number one question at the position. There's not a position. There's not a question at number one. Flacco's your guy, but do they like uh, they like Hogan as a soft landing to, to, if Flacco is hurt? Um, what's the roster math going to be? I mean, can they afford to keep three quarterbacks in terms of your mechanics and keeping other extra guys at other spots? But what's going to be interesting is let's say they come out and announce after the preseason, Kevin Hogan to Drew Locke three. Okay, the natural question at that point is, okay, are you disappointed with Locke's progress? They'll say, hey, no, no, no. But if I am concerned about the Broncos' development in the future, I want Locke to be the number two right now. Yeah, and for Kevin Hogan, here's a guy who hasn't thrown a pass in a regular season game for two years. You know, he had sort of his moment, I think, early in his career to establish to be that guy. And, you know, the longer you let that slip, hard to say kind of how his career would would careen from here if he's not that number two guy. But moving on, uh, you know, we mentioned at the top inside linebacker is another position that we're watching closely with the Todd Davis injury. Ryan, you wrote about it last week, but Alexander Johnson, Joe Jones, Joe Deneen, Keyshawn Bieria, I mean, the list goes on of guys who filled in in that spot. Defense has ruled most of these days. All these guys have seen to make plays. When you look at sort of the, the pecking order of the guys who could possibly join Josie Jewell as sort of really that one-two punch inside, anyone jump out at you quite yet? Well, you mentioned those guys getting a shot. Josh Watson, the rookie from CSU, who's yep, also right. been in there. He's, he's emerged. I mean, I think if they had to roll the ball out there right now, it would probably be Alexander Johnson because uh, he, he can – the physical tools are there. I mean, he can cover a lot of ground and he can hit you hard. Matter just hasn't done it at the NFL level. So uh, I think they would put him in positions that are advantageous, advantageous to him. They like Jewel uh, playing every down as well. What Fangio should hope, two things. One, that Davis is ready for week one. And two, if he's not, he that Vic feels he can still run a nickel defense out there and keep both inside linebackers on the field. That means those guys, plus Justin Hollins, if he moves inside, better be able to cover. And, Ryan, I wanted to touch one more thing with you on this topic, something that you floated in your Sunday journal talking about a player the Broncos might go out and try to get at inside linebacker, a player who just got released from the Redskins recently, Mason Foster, a guy with 92 career starts, had over 130 tackles just last year. Now, you want to bring in a veteran, a guy who knows what he's doing? Do you think that's in Fangio's wheelhouse? That, that Does that reek of desperation maybe when you make a move like that at this point in camp? Well, if, if you did it, it's an acknowledgement. Uh, maybe not so much desperation. If I'm Foster, I'm probably going to wait for the – wait for things to develop a little bit, see if there's a definite starting job. Uh, but to the point of looking at other guys, that's what they should do. That's what they're supposed to do. And if if, if, if the Broncos get into games and, and some of these inside linebackers don't seem capable of carrying out what this defense is supposed to do in terms of checks, coverage, playing the run, whatever, then they may be looking at the waiver wire and maybe looking at a veteran. But I think – they have two things in mind. One is the expectation is that Davis is going to be ready for week one. And two, they kind of like what they have in some of these younger guys. 
For sure. And so as, as we move along, let's touch just one on one more position group, uh, looking forward to guys who can move up and down the depth chart, you know, not necessarily battles, but, but areas of the roster that will be definitely have a heightened sense at looking at. Um, and the next one would be running back. Because I say that, you know, of course, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman are going to have to be used in tandem in some sense. You know, there's I think the days of the one featured back in the NFL are reserved for just incredibly special guys. These guys are talented, but why not use them in, in combination? So, you know, Lindsay's healthy. We've seen him running around there, out there catching passes. Rich Gangarello saying, hey, I'd love to get him matched up with linebackers as much as, as po- we possibly can. Does that lead you to think that maybe Lindsay gets more involved in the passing game? And, and at least how do you interpret that in terms of how they might use him differently from a year ago to, to exploit his speed and, and ability, to, ability to beat guys one-on-one? Well, I, I think it opens up the door of having both Freeman and Lindsay helping this team on third down, which takes away Devontae Booker's playing time. To get Lindsey matched up against a linebacker, you have to go empty backfield or you have to have Phillip and Royce on the field at the same time. To me, that seems like an enticing thing just to test out. Maybe you save that for the first couple games. Keep Royce in that backfield because he can pass protect, motion Phillip out to the slot. You know, If you have two backs, two receivers, and a tight end, what is that team going to play? Do they play nickel where he's going against the corner? Or they're going to play linebacker. Ideally, you want them to be him to be against the linebacker and can maybe go outside and just run by a, a per, uh, run by a guy. Lindsey, I would consider a surprise so far. The fact that he has been practicing every day, he jumped right in the first day with inside run. I thought they may they might be a little conservative on that and say we don't want to get that wrist accidentally nicked up before it has to be. But uh, you know they feel like they have a one-two or one-one-a punch with two young guys that can be effective in a zone zone blocking scheme where there's some creases there and also in terms of Lindsey getting out in the open field as a receiver. I say it's not a stretch to say that Devontae Booker isn't locked in as that third back at this point, right? I mean, he shouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, Philip Lindsay, you know, stood to his honor and said, Book is a huge part of what we do and all this stuff. But you look at some of these other young backs they have, no big names, but a bunch of speed guys who could impact the return game. If you're Devontae Booker, are you thinking, man, I, I really have to prove to them that there's a real role for me here? Because looking back at the past couple seasons, there's just not enough, I think, there to justify to say that, you know, he's. A, he's a real playmaker on this team. Yeah, I mean, his salary makes it very easy to keep him, even if he's a third or fourth guy. I mean, they brought back David Williams, who brings a little bit more of a thump to this run game. He was in camp last year, so I thought it was interesting that they brought him back after camp had started since he wasn't with the team for a couple months. Maybe he's a pseudo-fullback-tailback hybrid that can be a, a, you know, a short yardage guy or – if Freeman plays third down, can maybe take some first down snaps when Lindsey's not on the field. So, you know, I was on the two fullback bandwagon earlier this year. That's probably falling on deaf ears. But, hey, you know, if you don't worry about being wrong, you can express opinions like that. <laughs> but about Booker, is he your kick returner? Yeah. Um, if he's not, then, you know, maybe try and flip him somewhere for a team that gets banged up. But, I mean, I think he's an emergency back. 
Definitely, definitely. So lots of different things we'll be following uh, as camp goes on. But what else do you think about these uh, this first week and a half, two weeks, Ryan? Vic Fangio running his first show. Uh, seems like he's a guy who's you know much more focused on the defense, still using his expertise in that area. But it's been fun kind of watching him walk around and practice and put his two cents in. He's a, he's a guy who's not afraid to kind of impose his will when when he feels like something needs to change. Well, you don't hear him, but I'm sure he got. I'm sure he has the look. Um, they, they, I mean, he uses the term calloused up. That's what they've done. I mean, they're eligible to be in pads after their third practice. They haven't took, taken them off yet. They're running a lot of plays, albeit with three different uh, parts of the depth chart. But 11 to 21, maybe they got to be hardened a little bit. Uh, maybe these veterans need to be shown a different way and, and, and a different level of accountability. And from that perspective, it feels like an organized camp. This defense is going to cover a lot of people well. So if, if, if I'm an observer that has an interest, I'd say, hey, it's early. No Sanders, no butt in team drills yet. So, uh, yeah, I think it's good. where you really start judging this first-team offense is when you start seeing them in preseason games. Absolutely. So we will have you guys covered as the Broncos move ahead. We've got a stadium practice coming up. The Hall of Fame game is just down the horizon. It's kind of hard to believe uh, we're moving so quickly, despite the fact we are a little bit already in the doldrums of camp. Long days in the heat, but we will keep you guys covered. In the meantime, uh, thanks for listening to the First and Orange podcast. Be sure to follow my work and Ryan's work online at thedenverpost.com. You can subscribe, get that paper delivered right to your front door, and we will see you next time.